Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Chickens Come Home to Roost. The Green Hornet strikes again! playboy and publisher of the Daily Sentinel, gradually awakened to the insistent ringing of the phone beside his bed. He yawned, turned on the light, and noticed it was after 3 a.m. Then he reached for the phone. Hello? Reed, this is Axford. Oh, for heaven's sake, Axford, why aren't you home and in bed? What's the idea of... Look, I can't think of anything that would interest me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm going back to sleep. Now, hold on a minute. When something happens to one of the biggest guys in the city, a guy you know, I thought you'd like What's your... happened to whom? Get to the point. You know James Hartford, the financier? Of course I know James Hartford. What about him? Well, he just committed suicide, that's what. What? Suicide? James Hartford? That's right. So I thought I'd call you in case you wanted something special in the Bulldog edition. That is news. Are they sure it was suicide? Sure. There's no doubt about that, Reed. Well, I am glad you called. Did you get a hold of Gunnigan? Yeah, I phoned him at home. He's gone down to the Sentinel. Good, I'll phone him there. I'll be down first thing in the morning. Sorry to wake you up, but well, I That's okay. Me. Glad you did. I'll see you in the morning. Right. So long, Reed. Goodbye. The following morning... Britt Reed was in his office at the Daily Sentinel discussing the Hartford death with his secretary, Lenore Case, and with Mike Axford. The death of old man Hartford certainly has created a panic on the stock market. Uh, you said it, Reed. They say things are really in a mess down there this morning. Well, why should his death affect the stock market to such an extent, Mr. Reed? His holdings ran into millions, Miss Case. Only yesterday it was rumored that Hartford was about to swing a big merger of some kind. It was quite a flurry on the exchange because of it. What I'm anxious to find out is why a guy like him would commit suicide. Well, are they sure it was suicide, Michael? Of course, according to the story. What is the story? Well, it seems he had a meeting of some kind in his study at his place. It lasted late. His wife, his nephew and the butler were in the living room waiting for the visitors to leave. The wife and nephew came into the hall just as the butler let the visitors out. The three of them heard the shot. I rushed into the study in time to see Hartford fall across his desk. 
Well, that's proof enough that he killed himself, all right. Yes, it is, but... Well, I wonder why. Well, frankly, the rumor I heard yesterday was that if the merger didn't go through as Hartford planned, he'd have his back to the wall. Huh. That guy sure has pushed plenty of other people against the wall in his time. You can say that again. He was vicious in his dealings and let many of his own friends go under when he could have helped them. Then it seems to me that the chickens have come home to roost, as they say. (laughs) Well, that's a neat way to put it, Miss Case. It hits the nail on the head. Yes? This is Gunnigan, Chief. A flash just came through from the newsroom giving the lowdown on why Hartford killed himself. What does it say? Hartford was putting over a merger with Cornwall and Murray. When they met last night, he found that they'd squeezed him out. He stood to lose everything he owned. So that was it. Get a story written up on that, Gunnigan. Meantime, I'll get an editorial ready and send it to you within half an hour. Okay, Chief. Now, isn't that something, though? It sure is. In this case, I'll whip up a short editorial. I'll use that chickens come home to roost idea of yours, and we'll get it to Gunnigan. There's plenty of dope on Hartford in the moor. Get it for me, will you? Yes, sir. I'll get it to you right away. It won't take me long to find it. And as for you, Axford, don't stand there with your mouth open. I have work to do. Work? Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll beat it down and see if Gunningen has an assignment for me. <laughs> see you later, Reed. Oh, that word works, Duncan. Now to get started on that editorial about Hartford. That afternoon, a short time after Britt Reed had returned from a late lunch, Miss Case announced a visitor... What is it, Miss Case? Mr. Reed, there's a man here to see you, and, well, he seems very angry about something. Here's his card. Hmm, Mr. Charles Hartford. Why, he's James Hartford's nephew. Yes, that's what I thought. Do you want to see him? Why not? Show Mr. Hartford in. Yes, sir. Mr. Reed, will see you, Mr. Hartford. Thanks. Come right in, Mr. Hartford. Listen here, Reed. What's the idea of writing this rotten editorial? Uh, won't you sit down? No, Thanks. Something wrong? Yes, there is. Plenty. I've read your editorial about my uncle, and I have a good mind to sue you and your paper for libel. Editorial? I'm afraid That's I... what I'm talking about. Oh. Oh, yes. That. Look at that heading. Chickens come home to roost. You've got a lot of nerve to write that sort of thing about a man who's dead and can't fight back. I tell you, the more I think of it, the more I'm determined that such a libelous article as that Hold should be... Hold on, put... Mr. Hartford. Perhaps the editorial is a little rough, but it speaks the truth. Therefore, there's no cause for libel. My uncle was a keen businessman. The truth is that Cornwall and Murray pulled a legal swindle after getting him to tie up his holdings. Uncle James knew he was sunk and and he couldn't take it. You call it a legal swindle when it happens to your uncle. But would he have called it that when he manipulated the market, causing disaster to many small investors? That's neither here nor there. I still say that editorial you wrote this morning is material. Hartford, I respect the fact that James Hartford is dead. But that editorial states the known facts, and I don't intend to retract one water. Now, if you have anything else to discuss before you leave... Cornwall and Murray forced my uncle to his death. And you beat on his casket with stuff like that. They lied and cheated, yet there's no legal way to get back at them. And you skirt the law of libel by claiming that you printed the truth... Well, by thunder, if I had it in my power, I'd see to it that each of you got what you deserve. Listen, Hartford. You're in my office. You've had your say. 
Now take your hat and don't slam the door as you go out. Why, you... Good afternoon, Mr. Hartford. And, uh, don't forget your paper. You may want to read that editorial again. This is what I think of your rotten paper. I've never come up against a man with more brass in my life. Quite a temper. Yes, Mr. Reed? Come in, Miss Case. Yes, sir. Chickens come home to roost. Raging when he came out of here. I'll well, see, he was. He just saw my editorial, the one about chickens come home to roost. I uh, admit there was nothing subtle about it. It seemed to hit young Hartford like a ton of bricks. Oh, then that editorial was what Mr. Hartford came to see you about. That was it. He threatened to sue me in the Daily Sentinel. <laughs> in fact, he became so obnoxious, I had to ask him to leave. I'm sorry if there's liable to be any trouble over that editorial. I stuck I... to the facts, Miss Case. So there's no way you can cause trouble about it. <laughs> At first, when he plunked that editorial in front of me, I felt a pang of remorse. I didn't be a little easier on the old man. But after what he said, I'm glad it was printed as is. Frankly, I'm glad you did put it through as you first wrote it. I think you did a wonderful job with it. And the facts stated in your editorial can readily be proved. That's right. And Mr. Hartford will soon cool off and forget about it, I guess. Well, is there something you want me to do now, Mr. Reed? Well, let's get this mail off this piling up on my desk, and then I'm going on home. I've had enough work for one day. More than a week passed. The news concerning Hartford's death was stale, and the public had forgotten. One night, Mr. Julius Cornwall big financier, sat in the library of his luxurious mansion reading. Suddenly he looked up as the drapes bordering one of the long French windows billowed slightly. Nervously, Cornwall put down his magazine, adjusted his eyeglasses and stared at the window. Then he sat up, tense and startled, as a masked figure stepped into view. Who... who are you? Why have you come here? You... You came here after money. That's it. I... I assure you I have very little here in the house, but... But enough to... to don't stare at me like that. And please, put away that gun. You, you can have what money there is in the safe. Moving closer. Why? Why do you act like this? Listen to me. I promise not to call for help. You, you can take what you want. I, I'll even open the safe for you if you... Stop it. Stop it. That, that gun. Three o'clock, I... Hartford. He... He died at three Look, let me pay you anything, anything at all, lad. No, stay away from me. You can't do this, you can't. The following morning, Britt Reed entered the city room at the Daily Sentinel in time to hear Mike Axford talking excitedly to Gunnigan, the city editor. I tell you, Gunnigan... 
There's some new kind of crook. Another one like the green harlot, in a way. Could be, but I don't see the comparison. What's actually we're talking about? You've heard about the Cornwall killing, Chief? Yes, of course. Well, that's what we were talking about. I thought I heard you mention the Green Hornet. He did, but this wasn't a Hornet job. You see, Reed, the killer snook in like the Green Hornet does. Then he kills Carnwan and leaves behind a seal, just like the Hornet. A seal just like the Hornet seal? I tell you, Reed. For the homemade seal, sort of. One of them little round kind with the stick on the back. The kind that you can buy at any stationery store. Sure. It is about a half an inch across and had a funny drawing on it in red ink. What was on it? Well, I understand the drawing was of a couple of claws holding onto a rod or a bar. Whatever that could be for. Yeah. And the cops found an envelope with Cornwall's address printed on it and containing another one of them seals. It was on Cornwall's desk like he'd received it through the mail that day. I see. Did he report receiving that seal? Nope. I guess he didn't think it meant anything. The cops are already calling the killer by the name the claw. Now with the green hornet and the claw running loose, there's no telling what we're in for. Well, of course, they'll make headlines whenever they do anything. We could do without some of those headlines. It means someone has to die, actually. Yeah, Mike doesn't care about that, just so long as it isn't him being killed. Well, I gotta get busy. Copy, boy! Expert, go down to headquarters and stick there. I want every scrap of information you can get about Cornwall's death and about the killer known as the claw. Okay, Reed. I'll go right on down. And if the least little thing new breaks, I'll get in touch with you immediately. You can bet on that. That evening, Britt Reed left his office at the Daily Sentinel building and went to his apartment where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet, was waiting. Dinner will be ready soon, Mr. Britt. There's some mail on this. Oh, thanks, Cato. Why take coat and hat? This has been an exciting day with Cornwall's murder breaking. Oh, yes, sir. I hear some of news on radio. They all talk of sinister killer called the Claw. That's right. I dropped by police headquarters on the way home and had a look at the seal the killer left. It was crudely drawn. Just two claws holding a stick or rod. Oh, short letter from Dad. <laughs> Doesn't say too much as usual. This one is... Cato. Yes, sir? Come here a minute. What matter, Mr. Britt? With this envelope. When did it come? Oh, that one with printing on it? It's come in late mail. Oh, just as I thought. Well, what you find inside envelope? There not seem to be letter. This isn't a letter, Cato. But there is this. What? Small white seal. Right. With a crudely drawn claw holding a rod. This is the same warning that was sent to Cornwall before he was murdered. Well, that's not good, Mr. Britt. At least it may give the Green Hornet a chance to cross the path of the so-called claw. Will you not notify police of warning? No, not now. They'd interfere with my actions by sending out someone as a bodyguard. Well, that's true. But if you not tell police and Green Hornet get mixed up with the claw, then he maybe be smart enough to know Britt Reed and Green Hornet one and same. I don't think so. Even if I did call the police, they'd keep the matter quiet. So the claw would have no way of knowing I haven't contacted them. Oh, uh, I answer it. Mr. Reed's apartment. Cato, let me speak to Reed. Oh, yes, Mr. Axford. He right here. Axford, eh? Must have heard something new. Hello, Axford. What's up? Plenty, Reed. That killer in the claw went and left another one of them seals. That is, he sent one through the mail as sort of a warning. How like. do you know the claw sent? 
Who received the envelope containing the seal from the claw, Axbury? Another one of the Wall Street guys, Reed. You know, Mr. Farlow Murray. You say Farlow Murray received a warning from the claw? That's right, Reed. Of course, the cops are taking every precaution to safeguard Murray, you understand? Well, I'm sure they'll do what they can. But they're up against a ruthless killer who'll stop at nothing to get Murray. Huh. Well, you talk, you think you know that guy, the claw. I didn't say I knew him. But I do know his type. If anything more breaks, let me know. Okay, Reed. So long. Axford says Farlow Murray, the big financier, also received one of those warning seals from the claw. Murray? Yes, Farlow Murray. Why well, recall that he and Cornwall have connection. They ones who get blamed for a suicide of Mr. James Hartford a week or so ago. Yes, that's true. I... Cato? I'm beginning to see a bit of light. Why not understand? About this killer, the one they call the claw. Instead of waiting around for him to hunt me down, it might not be a bad idea for me to go out and do the hunting. Well, you mean Green Hornet may hunt for the claw? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. If I'm not mistaken, I think I'll know about where to look. Let's get going. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in the bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. I'll drive, Cato. Oh, yes, sir. Where we go? To the home of other men who receive warning, perhaps? No, we may go there later, if necessary. But right now, I have other plans. Brett Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. stopped the car before a certain house. Neither he nor Cato knew that from a hidden vantage point nearby, a pair of steely, hate-filled eyes watched and waited for their next move. Britt sat a moment. Then he spoke in a low tone. The whole place is dark, Cato. Why you come here to hunt killer? I'll tell you later. I'll do a bit of investigating inside. You wait here. I won't be long. Yes, sir. Cato waited patiently for more than five minutes. As he sat staring through the shadows toward the darkened house, a sinister figure crept slowly toward the car from the rear. Without making a sound, the shadowy menace moved closer and closer to the unsuspecting Cato. A stealthy gloved hand reached forward slowly until it rested upon the door handle. Then suddenly... Oh, I, I not hear you coming. I... Wait, you not do that. I... Oh. At that moment, Britt Reed left the house and started back toward the Black Beauty. Oh, no luck in there. I wonder... 
Someone's getting into the car. It isn't Cato. I'd better... Cato! Cato! Great Scott. He's knocked out. Get the light on. Seal on his forehead. A claw! Concerned about Cato, Britt Reed returned to their apartment and administered first aid. Soon, Cato was resting comfortably. Feeling better now, Cato? Why, all right now, Mr. Britt. So sorry to let man take me by surprise. I thought it you returning to Black Beauty. Luckily, I came along in time to keep him from going off with the car and you. I not have chance to look at man. This was stuck on your forehead, Cato, so we know who slugged you. Why, it's seal used by killer, the claw. That's right. He must have seen me leave the car and go to the house. Do you think he know you, Green Hornet? He probably did notice my disguise, which means he knows now that the Green Hornet is on his trail. Well, that may get harder to catch Killer. In a way, yes. Cato, I know now what's behind this claw business. The main thing is to prevent that maniac from killing anyone else. I want you to rest a while now. Later, we'll go out again in the Black Beauty. But if we waste time, then maybe Killer... Don't worry. Chance... By putting certain facts together... I've come to the conclusion that he won't try to get to Murray until around 3 a.m. A few hours of rest will do us both good. It was after 2 a.m. when both feeling refreshed, Britt Reed and Cato decided to go out again. How do you feel now, Cato? Your head feel not too solid, but I otherwise all right, Mr. Britt. Good. I left a note for Axford saying I'd be out late, just in case you should come in before we do. Come on. We'll see how we make out with this time in our effort to run down the claw. Meantime, a car stopped in front of Barlow Murray's home. The tall, self-possessed man leisurely got out and stepped slowly up the walk. Who are you? What are you coming here for? I'm Charles Hartford, officer. I I was worried about Mr. Murray, so I came over to keep him company. We're friends, you know. Oh, oh I recognize you now, Mr. Hartford. You needn't worry about Mr. Murray. I'm watching here at the front, and there's one of our men at the back. We're keeping our eyes open. You can bet on that. Oh, it's a relief to know that. I hesitated to come over so late, but the suspense was too much for me. May I see Mr. Murray? Oh, sure. I'll take you to him myself. Come along. Fine. I'll tell the butler to take you in. Thank you. Yes? Uh, look, this is Mr. Charles Hartford, a friend of your boss. It's okay to take him into the study where Mr. Murray is. Oh, of course. I recognize Mr. Hartford. Good. You can go ahead and show him in. Good night, sir. Good night, officer, and thank you. That's all right. Come right in, sir. I uh, know the way to the study, Peters. You needn't bother. Very well, sir. Come in. Hello, Murray. Well, well, Charlie Hartford. What brings you over here at this hour of the morning? Naturally, I was worried about you, sir. <laughs> oh, I'll be all right. I have enough protection... 
Nice of you to come, though. Uh, don't mention it. I, uh, I was afraid that after well, what happened, you might resent... Oh, no, not at all. You were only playing the game the way you saw it? Of course, of course. Make yourself a highball and make yourself comfortable. I'm not going to stay long. I'll pass up the highball, but I, I will make myself comfortable. I'll be leaving about three o'clock. <laughs> We haven't much time. It's ten or three, Cato. Well, I don't understand why you're anxious about time. Cato, I feel sure I know who the killer is. You know? Yes. And I figured out why I used that design on the crude seal, Ely. Well, I still not see it. Over a you... week ago, James Hartford committed suicide. By a bit of legal double-crossing, Cornwall and Murray, who were supposed to be his friends, caused him to lose millions. Well, yes, I know all that. Hartford's nephew, Charles, came to my office highly incensed over an editorial which was headed by the saying, Chickens come home to roost. He was in a frenzy, and the thought of that stuck in his mind. I see. As he left, he expressed hate for Cornwall, Murray, and for me. Oh, then Cornwall get murdered, Murray and you get warnings. Yes. And the design, the two claws clutching a bar or stick, I figured out to represent the feet of a chicken on a roost. Charles Hartford's idea of turning the tables. He decided that he, too, could make the chickens come home to roost. Then Charles Hartford, the killer. That's what I believe, Kato. His uncle died at 3 a.m. He's planned that the ones he's after die at the same hour. Cornwall was killed at that time, remember? Yes, sir. Step on it. It's almost three now. Well, Mr. Murray, there's just about... Two minutes to go. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed you watching the time. What's so important about leaving right at three? This, Murray. The gun. Listen here, Charlie. This is no time. And this. One of those seals. And you must be the claw. That's what they call Now, look here. Keep your voice down. You'll never get away with this. The police will know you did it. You can't get away. But all planned. I shoot you when the clock strikes three. Then I'll smash one of the windows, rough myself up a bit, and be lying on the floor when the police come in. Why, you're insane. Yeah, 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 sure I am. I'll hide the gun before the police rush in. They won't suspect me. I'm too well known. And they won't search for the weapon when I tell them the claw killed you and escaped, in spite of my resistance. Now, now listen here, Charlie. Let's reason this out. I'll, I'll take you to my business. I'll... It's too late, Marie. The clock is striking. Wait. Wait, you... This is it, you crook. I'll take that gun. My, my leg. Someone outside. Yes, the police are on their toes, it seems. I've got the gun now, Hartford. Let the police in. What's happened? Are you all right, sir? Hey, look, sir. The guy on the floor is shot. Holy smoke. What happened to Mr. Hartford? Hartford had this gun. You can see it hasn't been fired, but he came here to kill me. He admits he's the claw. I'll appear against him. What? The claw? And he tried to kill you? Fortunately, one of your men fired through the window. Fired through the... Well, there's only two of us here on duty, and both of us were out front when we heard that shot. Neither of us did that. Well, then who could have... Holy cats, the green hornet. He must have been after the claw for something or other. I, I almost got away with this car by slugging his helper. I... 
I guess that was my big mistake. So that's it. <laughs> well, you should know better than to try to fool with that one. Come on, we're taking you into headquarters. Man alive, Clancy. Mike Axford's going to have a fit when he finds out all he missed in this excitement. <laughs> Hartford, I, uh, I read an editorial in the Sentinel last week about your uncle. Something about uh, chickens coming home to roost. Seems the same thing applies to you in this case. Thanks to the Green Hornet... copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit, and all characters, names, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. Now here's a special program note. Fine music, brilliantly performed by a fine orchestra. It's the Boston Symphony Orchestra program coming up tonight over this same ABC station. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.